Hey there, this is Ben Currier, self-proclaimed world's number one failure. In this podcast, we'll learn about the hardest moments my guests faced and the failures they endured on their path towards making it. I hope you enjoy. Hey there, friends of failure, and welcome to this week's episode of the Failure Guy podcast. I am here with Wally the Green Monster. Wally, how are you? Don't say it. <laughs> Don't say Oh, my. Listen. <laughs> oh, you, you know what's Wally funny? Green, how are you? <laughs> I'm good, but you know what's funny about that? I've been fighting that guy for internet dominance for a long time now. A long yeah, Wally time. Wally Green came up with you. I was surprised. I was like. It did say motorcycle racer or some ridiculousness below your, your thing, but it wasn't Wally Green Monster. Yeah, impressed. yeah, yeah. The, the Wally Green Monster is actually um, the motorcycle guy is a different guy. The Wally yeah. Green Monster is um, a mascot for one of the, yeah, the Red Sox. Team. Yeah, and I've been fighting with this dude for like internet dumbing, mm-hmm. bro. This guy. I'm from Boston originally. Oh, really? And I was even at the World Series where they won. Uh, oh, wow. I, I've always thought of him, so it would be impossible for you to forget your name, at least. But um, how are you doing, Wally? How, welcome to the show. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Um, so I like to start people out with a little bit of a, a inflate yourself kind of moment or like opposite of failure. So maybe talk about uh, like what I like to let people do is is do a little a humble brag or shameless talk about all the great things you've done so that when we get into the failure stuff, you know, there's a little bit of context there, but at least pump yourself up before we deflate it a bit. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, so I, uh, played uh table tennis for the U S team pretty much in every major country in the world. Um, I also did, uh, my own diplomacy for world peace in the most dangerous country in the world, which is North Korea. So yeah, mm-hmm. very few people who have been in North Korea. Um, I work with uh, children. I'm a TEDx speaker. Um, one of the greatest things that I did just came recently, actually. Um, I, I went to uh, work with kids who suffer um, PTSD and trauma. So the trauma ranges uh, all from, um, how you say, uh bad household so domestic violence all, all mm-hmm. that stuff that comes with that and and it was really um it, it, it was really a, a an honor it was super it was really fun to just connect with these kids uh being a kid that came from that as well so yeah those are some cool things i've done that sounds impressive so to me i'm sure you hear this to me it sounds like the forrest gump kind of story i don't know if you've seen that movie recently but i was just watching the clip from it that's my research (laughs) was uh because he did the same kind of thing where it was like he was a veteran then he joined doing ping pong then he went to some asian country and tried to help with (laughs) diplomacy that's kind of like your story right that's exactly the same story that so so the forest gum thing happened in 1971 with president nixon and america and china was uh, mm-hmm. trying to establish relations and China invited the US team over. So Forrest Gump was actually on the US team mm-hmm. on one of the members of the US team that went to China to compete in friendly games to make this diplomacy for world peace. So yeah, I wanted to make my own history and do it mm-hmm. in North Korea through the same sport. So uh, how'd that all start? And, and I guess, so you actually went over to North Korea and yeah. what was it like over there? Um. <laughs> It's it's definitely a, a very interesting um, place in, in terms of that as a Westerner, you're not allowed 
a lot of actually you're not allowed anything. So so you're not allowed to have any cell phone service. You're not allowed to have any Wi-Fi. Um, oh yeah. But what makes it really kind of scary? Well, not scary, but dangerous mm-hmm. is that when they check into the hotel, they take your passport. So you don't have a passport. You don't have connection to the outside world. But I knew all of this before I went there. I I, mm-hmm. I, I did a lot of research about it before I went there. So yeah. Yeah. Well, so were you worried about it when you're um getting ready for it or anything, or were you just jazzed up? No, nah, I was pretty pumped up. I mean, I was kind of down a little bit because you know I I asked everyone from around the world. Like I have friends from all corners of the world, and 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 mm-hmm. I reached out to everyone. And says, hey, listen. I want to go to North Korea and do this diplomacy for world peace through ping pong. And these are all pro ping pong players. So it's not like random people mm-hmm. I'm asking I'm asking people who actually play the sport. So we're going there to play. And every single person told, told me, no, every person said, you're crazy. They're going to kill you. You're going to die there. Mm-hmm. We're not going there. So I said, okay, if you guys don't want to go, then I'll go by myself. And that's what I did. I, I went alone. So I was, a one man, uh, a one man show there. <laughs> really? Wow. So it was just yeah. before or after the interview, that movie with uh, oh, so James Franco. And- <laughs> so this is after the interview, and mm-hmm. it's crazy because uh, when you get there, they ask you a lot of different questions, right? Um, and these questions are sort of questions to see where you are in terms of what you know about their country. So one mm-hmm. question they'll ask you. Is what do you think about our great leader? Trick question. The best. He's the best. Yeah, you better answer. <laughs> you you better answer that. You know what do you think about our great country? And one of the uh-huh. questions she asked me was, "Had I seen the interview?" Oh. And I said, "I don't watch movies." Although I did see the interview. Yeah, of course. Real funny, but yeah, <laughs> but, but I, I I said I said I don't watch movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but better to play play it safe and yeah. there was a. I mean, it's easy to pretend like you didn't see a movie, but that, I remember that was a big deal because they weren't even going to release it. And so you did it afterwards. Obviously, they they asked you about it, but um, did you feel like you were kind of living out some of the that movie? That Yeah, a little bit. I, I mean, yeah, a little bit. Because, you know, a lot of the movie, so, so a lot of the movie, I don't know if they've ever said this, but I could kind of figure it out from watching the movie that a lot of the way they put that movie together was based and don't mark me on this, but I'm almost mm-hmm. sure of it. Was based on all the documentaries that are out there in North Korea. Gotcha. And what they did was they took those documentaries and then they exaggerated it to like the 25th level or something. And that's like the movie because because when, when I watched it, because I've watched every documentary about it, I've watched the TED talks, I've watched all of it, and and uh, when I watched the movie, I'm like, yeah. They got this from all the doc, all the films, the documentaries, mm-hmm. and they put together the movie. So yeah, everyone thought you were crazy, right? What was the, I guess, prior to even going to North Korea, you, I, I think you said you'd had a lot of struggles, yeah, getting your name out there and getting success in the ping pong arena. What was that like? What was what was the process of getting up to where you were even able to go there? Like, what was the oh, uh, process so- of becoming a worldwide ping ponger? Whatever the hell you call it. <laughs> so, so um, when, when I first started playing pro, um, you know, I I believed that I was going to be the best. I believed that, you know, I was going to just come and destroy everyone because I was always good at every sport I played, right? Mm-hmm. When, you know, I grew up with really heavy, severe domestic violence and I was in gangs at 13 already. 
you know, guns at 13. And mm-hmm. so I had two outlets, gangs and guns and sports. So I was good at every sport. I was MVP in my school for every sport I ever played, basketball, volleyball, every sport I was MVP. Mm-hmm. So when I played ping pong, a sport that I actually hated to begin with, um, <laughs> I, I, I initially thought that, yeah, I'm going to be I'm going to be the best. And that was what I really believed, But that was so far from it. Like I, I was probably the worst pro. Not probably. I think definitely I was the <laughs> worst pro in the world. Like so I would travel from America to China, to to Asia, to Europe, all over the world to play and you know, in ping pong, the games go four out of seven games to 11 points. So you have to get okay. four out of seven. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't get five points sometimes in four games. So what that means is that I would travel from America go all the way to China and lose like 11-1, 11-2, <laughs> 11-3. Right. It's funny. Right. Exactly. You see how you're laughing? Exactly. Yeah, I've been to China. It was a long flight. I remember I was yeah. like... It was like a five hour layover in New Jersey, then it was like 21 hour flight to fucking Hong Kong. And I'm like, I hate flying. So I got like drunk, woke up, sobered up, hung over, and I still had like eight hours left. I'm like, fuck me. <laughs> this sucks ass. So yeah, it, to yeah. do that just to go lose, that sounds no, like a big pain it, in the ass. <laughs> it was bad. And then, and then not only that, so, so this here's a problem with that. The tournament lasts about uh, four to five days. So, so you have to play in a qualification round. So you play mm-hmm. three people in a qualification round and two, sometimes uh, two, but usually one person with the best record uh, yeah. advanced to the first round. My tournament would be over in like two days. I'd play two matches, get killed, play the next match, next day, done. And there's still like maybe four, uh, four days left. And, mm-hmm. and, and that was it. So I traveled all the way to, to China, all these places, and I would get destroyed and people would like make fun of me because I didn't fit the mold of what mm-hmm. a ping pong player supposed to be. Right. I was, yeah. I, I was totally just, you know, aggressive and loud. And, you know, I grew up, I grew up in a project. So I bring that mm-hmm. to the ping pong table. And yeah. people, and you think someone who brings that going to have some skill to back it up, but you're just like, yeah, <laughs> they're yeah. like, Oh, this guy just comes yeah. and sucks. <laughs> well, you know what it is? I did have the skill. I, I, I had the uh-huh. skill, but I had the wrong mindset. That was, that was a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I was thinking too big. I, I was making goals that actually didn't make any sense at all. Mm-hmm. People would, would like, like you, like they would laugh. Like, like, well, you think, you know, it's like, if it's not a stereotypical guy coming in, you think he'll be having some skill to back up the fact that he's not the normal yeah. type of person you see, you know, you know, some, someone told me, they said, why, why do you play the sport? Why, why do you travel so much to mm-hmm. lose? They said, you know, you should play basketball or, or, or rap. That's what they said, because that's what I look like. Like I went yeah, to school like a rapper because mm-hmm. I, I used to do hip hop too. But, yep. but that's what they used to tell me. Like, it was crazy. And uh, You're like, there's a ping pong star inside somewhere. Yeah. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, so what was like the most surprising thing? Cause you said you thought you'd just dominate and then you'd, were dominated. So what was like the biggest surprise about adjusting to ping pong? So like from a skill standpoint, like what was something where you're like, okay, I didn't know ping pong had this level of depth and maybe it's hand-eye coordination or whatever the thing is where you had to get really good at some specific aspect of it where it gave you a little bit of appreciation for how difficult it is. So, so the most surprising thing was I had to figure out, and this is, sounds weird. 
that had the same skill that they had. So I didn't need to force everything I was trying to do. So when I was playing against players, mm-hmm. I knew that they were good. So I said, okay, I'm going to go out there and just destroy them. I wouldn't give them a chance to make a mistake. I, I wouldn't give them a chance to even suck. I was just mm-hmm. sucking just from the beginning because I was yeah. forcing everything. So that was the most surprising. The most surprising thing was, wow, I actually can play with these guys mm-hmm. if I take my time and allow the person to play a little yeah. bit. And, Rather and than trying to get winners and stuff, but you'd be right. more of like a wall or, you right, know. Right, right, right. See what they're doing first. Yes, yes. And I wasn't doing that. I was just going there trying to attack everything and rip everything and just, you know, just destroy them. And, and the mm-hmm. I was getting destroyed. Okay, so then fast forward to when we're going to North Korea. Um, did you feel more confident in your skills at that point? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, even, even before that point. I, I so was, how'd you get, uh, tell us some of the, the good times or like, how'd you earn the right to go to North Korea, I guess? Like I said, I was playing on the, I was playing on the pro tour circuit mm-hmm. all around the world. And uh, one day I was looking on the website and I saw Pyongyang, North Korea and, 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 you know, I was mm-hmm. like, whoa, Pyongyang, North Korea. And Dennis Rodman had just came back. And if you see my... Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they they yeah. called me the Dennis Rodman of ping pong. So so he he had just came back. He had just mm-hmm. came back. And and I was like, oh, man, I want to go there. I, I want to do a diplomacy for a peace. Because as we mentioned before, the Forrest Gump mm-hmm. thing, the 1971, yeah. I wanted to recreate that. That's how I got there. I I, 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 I saw it and I, I called the U.S. team and says, hey, um, enter me into this tournament because you can't enter yourself into mm-hmm. tournaments. The U.S. Association has to enter you with the association of the country. That's okay. how it works. And so in the beginning, they were kind of reluctant. And it was like, hey, we don't know if it's a good idea. And I said, I- I'm not asking. I- like, I want to go. That's 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 the place I want to go. I-, <laughs> I-, I need to go to North Korea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You think this, uh, this weird amount of confidence and and be like, I can do it allows people to go, well, I guess we're going to figure out how to make this happen. Is that, is that part of the secret? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, 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 the thing was, is, you know, I had no plan. How do you do a diplomacy for world peace? I don't know. I don't have no connection to yeah. Korea like they did in 1971. China mm-hmm. had a, a little connection to America, right? I have, yeah. I'm nobody. I'm just one person. But I had like, no, I'll keep saying this until someone listens to me. Right. And, 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 and I had no plan. I, I didn't know what I was going to do. But, you know, I believe like, you know, if it's something that you really want to do, the first mm-hmm. step is to take action. Right. So the action is just getting there. Once yeah. I get there, I'll figure it out. And that's mm-hmm. what I did. I, had, I didn't know what I was. I didn't even know how it was going to happen. I had no clue to what I was doing. And I just said, I just got to get there first. And when I get there, I'll figure it out once I'm there. And then so... Were they like, okay, we'll create a, f- a tournament around it or something? Oh, no, no, no. How do they, <laughs> what, okay. what, what, what did they, what so, did they so, so every year, the year before, I can see all the world tournaments mm-hmm. in every country. So I can select which ones I want to play Yep, all over the world. So they had a world tournament. It's just that none of the Western world went, mm-hmm. right? So, so there's no Brazil, there. There's no Japan. And you said there's no people you even talked to that had been there, right? Yeah. And and, and the people who played in the tournament of countries were like China, Vietnam, mm-hmm. yep. 
Syria, like like I said, there were no Western countries there. It was just yeah. So you know, it 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 was a uh, very very you know interesting. And how 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 did it work? I mean, like I don't know the end result. What did how'd you oh, do? Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> so um, I got to play against a North Korean player, which was mm -hmm. lucky, right? Because I could have played against a Syrian and Vietnam a guy, yeah, whatever, yeah. And I would have went there for nothing. Mm -hmm. Well, just like you went to China and, and wherever else and got your ass handed to do you. Yeah, exactly. Whoever. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, so luckily I got to play against a North Korean player as we were walking out. So what happens is the umpire is going to walk out with one player and the other umpire walks out with the other one. And this is a huge stadium with 5,000 mm -hmm. people and all 5,000 people are, of course, North Rooting Korean. for North Korea. <laughs> they're all North Korean. They're, they're, there is no one else. So yeah. here I come walking out, this black dude from America with yellow hair with the signs in it. Mm -hmm. And everyone's just looking at you. like, And you can hear like these sounds. It's like, yeah, even when I was in China, I was like, everyone's looking at me like I'm a famous person. I'm just yeah. a white dude walking around. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In China, you'll get it a lot. <laughs> yeah, because you just don't look like, you know, the, the stereotypical person around there. So um, everyone was staring at you. And yeah. you came up. Is this when I saw the video of you uh, with the guy? I don't want to reveal it. Go ahead. You can tell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and so, you know, we I come out, you know, and already I could feel like the hate. The hate was strong. You could feel mm -hmm. it. I've never been in a situation that felt like that. With that, I've been in a situation where people hated me, but not 5,000 yeah, people. Like all eyes on you kind it of thing. Crazy. Yeah. So we come out, we start playing the match. You know, once it's 0-0, zero, zero, mindset kicks in, let's go. Boom. Mm -hmm. and, and I go up 4-0 on this dude. Like, I'm I'm, I'm playing. I'm playing to win this, right? I want to yeah. kick his ass. And, um, <laughs> World peace, I, my yeah, ass. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was pissed off that I wasn't getting any love. So I was like, nah, we're we, we, we going to do this. Yeah. So, so, so we start playing. And every time I made a point, they would make this sound like, mm, like this really, and it was in unison. It was weird. It was mm -hmm. like they were doing it at the same time, almost like, why is this guy getting a point? It's like, like a boo light comes on, like boo, yeah, <laughs> like a boo, but it was just, mm, it was yeah, weird. like disgruntled. It's, yeah, weird. And then finally, he made a point. And when he made a point, they started clapping. So if you ever watch like any of the the uh, videos from North Korea, everybody comes like this. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. It was crazy. It was like surreal. And everyone starts clapping. He made one point. Then he made another point. Everyone starts clapping louder. And they made another point. And it started getting, it was almost like, <laughs> it was like the finals of the Olympics. It was crazy. Yeah. And this is only the qualification round, but my. Yeah. But you're like, nobody wants me to win. No, no. And it, it was so crazy. <laughs> and so I started to get a little pissed off because it was loud. It was, mm -hmm. I couldn't concentrate. I couldn't even hear myself think. It was so loud. And then and, and then I look up, I I I I look up, and then I just smile, right? Because I because I I I didn't want to be like normally I'd have probably started like saying shut the fuck up, what are you people stupid? You know, yeah. Because you can't be making that A world peace. Stuff. You gotta have world peace in your back pocket right exactly. now. Exactly. And, and so <laughs> and so, and so I, I I looked up, and I just smiled. Mm -hmm. And when I smiled, I noticed that. There was like a little bit of a chuckle because I put my hand up and I just smiled and I was like, hmm, that's interesting. So we mm -hmm. start playing again, right? He wins another point. I look up again, and I just smile. And everyone starts smiling. So now it's like unison. It's crazy. In North Korea, everyone, everyone does everything in unison. It's, it's and they're like, what do I do? What do I do? Yeah, if, if, that's, what it, that's what it feels like. Seriously. If one person does something, everyone does it. So now everyone is smiling every time I smile. And 
Now, when I start winning points, they're not really giving me that mm anymore. I'm getting mm-hmm. a little sound, a little claps, right? Yeah. And then at the end of the match, uh, you know, you're supposed to shake hands in sports. Uh, it's just pretty much proper etiquette. And mm-hmm. he, you could tell he didn't want to shake my hand, but he had to, right? Um, so when he comes- Did you win or lose? No, I wind up losing. I, I okay, totally, good. But, but but it was close. But I, I, I totally just was focused on, because this- I mean, he'd be more upset trying if you were gonna shake his hand and you won. I guess was yeah. What oh I was yeah. Thinking. Oh yeah. For sure. Oh <laughs> man, it would have been a bad night at the office. Mm-hmm. But um, once I connected with the crowd, I knew this is where the diplomacy was gonna happen. So anyway, he he came to shake my hand. He didn't really want to shake my hand. He kind of you know put his hand out and and kept his body far away. And um, I just grabbed him and gave him a big bear hug. And pull mm-hmm. and, and just held him, give him a big bear hug. And the crazy thing about it is, is I have my camera facing uh my back, which is his face. And in the beginning, his face looked a little like, what the hell is going on? But then he smiled, and you can't fake that. That's that's real. <laughs> that right there, mm-hmm. 100% real. Smiled, right? And the crowd was cheering, right? And and so I always say, you know, you 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 can't change people overnight. There's no way. It's very hard. It's impossible. But mm-hmm. what you can do is you can plant the seed for change. So by me showing them nothing but love, you know, giving him this hug after I just lost the match, you know, there's no way he's going to ever forget that. Those 5,000 people are never going to, they would never forget this crazy black guy that came from New York City and mm-hmm. literally hugged their guy. I'm sure he's never <laughs> had a hug like that in his life, ever. Mm-hmm. Never experienced this hug. Right, because in, in Asia, because actually in Asian culture, they don't show public displays of affection. Right, mm-hmm. so hugging in public, first of all, they, they don't do that. Yeah, and especially North Korea. Right, so you know, uh, I always say like, it's planting the seed, and maybe you know, years down the line, maybe the government says something. Oh yeah, Westerners are bad, Americans are bad, and someone will say, well, you know what? I, I do remember uh, this American that came from there and and he showed us not nothing but love so yeah for me it was a success yeah that's awesome that's i mean it's definitely a a a start to give them kind of a window into into, that we're not all whatever they're hearing on their on their end kind of thing you know and uh yeah i was watching that video so he does kind of look like almost like a lego guy or something like you know he's he's very stiff with with the um handshake at the end but then you can see he relaxes yeah yeah that's pretty awesome so um what was the, I guess, uh, two questions. One, what was the weird, what was the weirdest part about the going to North Korea part, like in terms of you know the culture, the the stuff that you see when you get there, and then also, afterwards, I want to talk about some of those uh, the the kids with the PTSD thing that you were mentioning yeah. and like what what's going on there. But when you was there anything that sticks out from your trip to North Korea where you're like, oh wow, that's just such a different way of living life or something that you saw that you didn't really expect to see. I remember when I was in China, it was like people well, driving around was insane, uh-huh. but they'd be like, you'd go down the highway and it'd be like, not only is there no rules, but like going the wrong way down the highway, there'll be a guy on a bicycle with like a <laughs> mattress and like 20 people on the mattress. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> like physics didn't work. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But is there anything you were like, Oh wow. Uh, whatever grocery store. I saw some, some different things, but I'm just going to guess. So is there anything that you saw where you're like, oh, wow, that's um, uh, interesting. So, so um, 
I didn't really see much because, but I will tell you a funny story because um, my everyday was exactly mm-hmm. the same. So they guide you through like a whole. Oh, you, you're not someone who's like your babysitter. You can't leave. Yeah. You, you can't leave out that hotel. They they mm-hmm. have to take you. So mine was the hotel, the practice hall, the tournament hall, practice hall, hotel. And this was every single day. That's for like seven. Yeah. Months. And 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 that's all I did. I, I could have went on a tour, but I didn't want to because. I already saw all the docs and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff would piss me off, like American thing. Yeah. And I just, I probably get myself arrested. So I, I just, I just stayed away from, from mm-hmm. that, but there was something that was a really uh, interesting, which a lot of people don't talk about in the docs. And mm-hmm. so when I got on a plane, I noticed it. When I got on a plane, I noticed everyone had a pin who was on the plane, like, the, mm-hmm. the staff had the same pin. The people who were in the airport that I bought the ticket with, with cash, by the way, cash, because <laughs> they only accept cash. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy. They only accept cash. Mm-hmm. So with the ticket that I bought, um, even the staff had this pin. Get on the plane. They had the pin. People sitting down had this pin. I was the only one who didn't have a pin. Crazy. So I start looking really close, and the pin was um their great leaders so it's either the current one or mm-hmm. it was the current kim jong il yeah or it yeah. was the current one and his dad or it was all three and so oh, okay. wow that's really cool i want a pin right so i, I didn't realize the severity of what a pin was so yep. So there I was, need one, one though. Oh yeah I said <laughs> one one I said I have one so 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 the stewardess you know, was coming by and I said, hey, um, can I have one of those pins? <laughs> she gave me the dirtiest look you could ever. It, it, was, it was bad. It's not like pilot's wings where they just give no, you one? No, no, no. <laughs> and then so when I'm in North Korea, I actually ask my guide. I, 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 I ask her about this pin and she goes, why do you want the pin? And so I came up with a clever answer. I said, because, well, um, if I'm in North Korea, then I should do as North Koreans do. And I see everybody's got a pin. Yeah. I want to wear one too. And, yeah. and, she, and she said, we'll talk about this later. The talk never came. And mm-hmm. then, and then I find out that this pin is sort of the equivalent of like, I don't know. It's more important than a passport actually. Yeah. It's like a way of saying, yes, their allegiance to it. If you're if one of them. This pin, it's like a serious thing. Like, so, so yeah. So, yeah. I never got a pin, and it, but there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of surprise. Listen, yeah, I'll tell you one thing. There's a lot of surprising things there. I couldn't believe. Like, I've never met people who were truly brainwashed. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I, I've never met. I've met ignorant people. Are you mean? Yeah, but I've never met people who truly believe something that makes zero sense. So, for example. Now, uh, I tell you, I grew up in the projects, you know, so so I like to test people. I like to see how far I can go. Like, I I, I don't, you know, mm-hmm. most people won't do this kind of stuff that I do, but I I, I want to test. I want to test people. I want to see how far yeah. I can I take this before I get arrested and held for 15 years. Mm-hmm. I start this conversation with my guide and I say, hey, you guys really like me. Now, I don't know if they like me. I'm <laughs> It's I'm a good just way to start. This because 
So, so um, I, I, I tell them, uh, you guys really like me, but why do you hate Westerners, right? So I want to see what the answer to that is. And she goes, well, we don't hate Westerners. We just don't want Western influence in our country. And, and so I say, okay, this is going good. So I say, all right, I, I get it. Us Westerners, we mess things up, you know, whatever. Yeah. Now, we, cause I want to get more info. We, we mess things up, but you have to understand that in order for your, in order for your country to get to the next level, you need influences of countries from around the world, not just mm-hmm. Korea. She says, that's not true. Everything in our great country was done by our great leader and great this and great that and great this and great that. I says, okay, now, do you know your great leader has some Western influence? So right now, I'm in, I'm in a light yellow, bright red. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're dancing because I, I yeah, I'm dancing <laughs> with a so, lot. You know, your great leader has some Western influence. And she goes, no, that is not true. He has no Western influence. Everything he did was through North Korea. First of all, they, they actually don't say North Korea; they say DPRK. Wow. Okay. They don't like the word North Korea because they believe there's only one Korea. So mm-hmm. everything he's done was through DPRK. And I said, okay, what about basketball? He loves basketball. She said. Rodman, as we know, right? Yeah. yeah. She goes, basketball created by our great leader. <laughs> you said you laugh? Now, listen, I wanted to laugh like that, but I yeah. didn't dare do that. Because I would have been 15 years. I would still be. There. I laughed at people in Kansas who said that they invented it here, but it was the guy from Massachusetts who moved to Kansas. And I was like, no, I know it was in Springfield, Mass, because that's where the Hall of Fame is. Yeah. But that's why I laughed. But it's funny because also he's gotten like, whatever, 18 holes and ones in a row. Yeah, on, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a golf oh, round or whatever. So yeah. it doesn't matter what he, he invented basketball before he was alive. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's my point. 20 years like 20, 28, yeah. when he invented basketball, like, so pretend like no one was playing basketball 100 years ago, but they were exactly so. So, so I let that one go, right? I didn't mm-hmm. laugh because, you know, yeah, of course, I, I let that one go <laughs> and then I went into a deeper one. So now I go, okay, okay. Um, I says, Your great leader speaks English. You know, what happens sometimes when you start talking to people and you have a purpose, you start to mm-hmm. forget your purpose and you get angry. Yeah, that was happening to me. I was like. <laughs> yeah, she had lost her mind. And, and so, mm-hmm. I, so I said, okay. I said, your great leader speaks English very well. Where do you think he he learned that? She said, in DPRK. No, that's not true. He went to school in Switzerland. I said, everyone knows. I said, Switzerland. She goes, that is not true. I said, everyone in the world knows this. He went, and, and me like an idiot, I'm forgetting the whole point. Yeah. And, 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 and I'm getting that. pissed off now. <laughs> I'm like, everyone in the world knows this. And she goes like this. She goes, that is not true. And I said, oh my God, you know what? I'm so stupid. It was the Cuban president. Oh man, I'm sorry. You know, I, I got it all messed up. I'm so sorry. Man, listen, I got out of that shit so fast. Let me tell you. Let me tell mm-hmm. you. It, we laugh about it now. It's yeah. funny, but I could have got 15 years. You know, corrupting minds of the citizens sure, yeah, yeah, telling man. them shit that you shouldn't be telling them is 15 years hard labor. And it's real. Yeah. You'd be like, oh. Well, he doesn't, doesn't he like Madonna? She's like, no, he wrote all the Madonna songs. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's where they'd go with any of it. Listen, he did it. He did it all. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It, it, and and they and they really believed it. Like she got upset, and 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 and, and like I always tell people, you know, it's funny. We we laugh at it, 
Yeah. But look what happened to that kid, that college kid that went there and came mm-hmm. back and got. Listen, it's yeah. real. Like it they is for sure. If she didn't believe that I was genuine in saying that it was a mistake that was the Cuban president. Mm-hmm. She could have went to the higher ups because everything you tell them, yeah, recorded, and they could have came and arrested me. And, mm-hmm. and, yeah, so I, I was like, I'll backtrack. Forget Switzerland. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I was very lucky, but yeah, it was. Yeah, that's, that's intense. Good. Yeah, but that seems like it was a really fun thing and and something. I I love that you had no way of doing it when you came up with the idea and you're like, I'm just gonna do it. Yeah, and you did it, which is dope. So. I wanted to quickly touch on the the uh the work you're doing with those um youth who have uh I guess they're in troubled homes or have tough upbringings kind of thing. Is yeah, there, yes. Uh, you're so, giving back um, to those communities. Yeah, so I one thing I like to do is, you know, I like to do work with with kids. Um because like I was a troubled kid and and I didn't I didn't have anyone to look up to and for for me to be like a good role model for kids, you know, a kid, someone who went through the stuff that they went through, but yet yeah. I was able to change my life through, through, you know, something that's so weird and and not the norm. I think yeah. it's so beneficial for the kids. A lot of times we get like the basketball player, the football player, right? Okay, yeah, it's it, it's great, but that's a normal thing, you know. I want yeah, like a blueprint that they've heard people go down their right, path. Right. That's kind of thing, right? Yeah. I want to show these kids, like, you know, if you keep your options open, you never know what life is going to bring you, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, but if, if you told me, you know, 20 years ago, oh, yeah, you're going to be a ping pong player, probably pistol with you. Because I was like, <laughs> what are you trying to say? I can't play basketball? I would have been pissed off about it. So, you know, I, I love working with kids. You know, even my TEDx talk is geared towards, mm-hmm. geared towards the youth. And that's the only reason yeah. I did it was because they said, you know, it, it, it if I could gear it towards the youth. And, and that's why I did it. So um, I got the pleasure of working uh, a couple of days ago uh, with this company. It's it, it's called Andrus Children. And mm-hmm. they're like 110 on 110 acres land. And these children with PTSD and trauma come and mm-hmm. live there and they get to live there. And their goal is to take these kids who suffered abuse, bullying, you know, mm-hmm. PTSD traumas from that uh, uh, kind kind of thing, and and get them ready to 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 be back with their families, right? And, mm-hmm. and to be able to be productive members of society, like how they say. And um, I went there, and and I've talked with kids before, like at boys and girls club in schools, you know. But this was very different because this was very deep. Like these mm-hmm. kids had some trauma and um, a lot of the kids connected with me. And uh, what we were, the reason why we were there also was they built two paddle tennis courts, the sport I told you about. Oh yeah. yeah. For them. So this was the ribbon opening ceremony, right? So just to give everybody a little heads up, paddle tennis is apparently a smaller tennis version of tennis, not pickleball. So, okay. But like you shrink it down a little bit. Yeah. Tennis. Yeah. 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 So, okay. So, so if you look at this, Oh, oh, yeah, I can see it. So that's the ceremony. Like a ribbon cutting? Yes. And the lady at the top, that's Lindsay Davenport. Oh, nice. Yeah, the former uh, tennis pro. So very cool. So so we were there and and it was really it was really interesting. Like a couple of kids just randomly opened up to me, like pulled me aside and said, Mm -hmm. can I talk to you? And I was like, yeah, of course. And 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 uh, one of the kids, um, 
told me something very deep about how his dad didn't want him and decided one day, like, I'm not going to do this anymore. You know, and it's crazy. And, and, but it, the kids opening up to me was mm -hmm. something that, that was real special. And the reason why is because kids who suffer trauma and PTSD, they don't open up to people. It's very hard to get. Yeah. Them. They stuff it down usually. Yeah. And, and even the staff said, wow, it's, it, it's pretty cool how, how the kids, you know, and I say, yeah, well, one, because I look like a kid <laughs> and, and two, and, and two, because, uh, they can feel, you know, and, and they're really smart and they can feel that I went through the same thing that they went through when I'm talking to them. So that's something that's very important that, you know, I wish more people who came from that life would get involved and, and, yeah. and be a role model for these kids, because it's a lot easier when they can identify with someone, right. Mm -hmm. You know, when, when I was a kid and, and I was going through all my craziness and my mom sent me to, to a, a therapist, a psychiatrist, whatever you want to call these people. Mm -hmm. The first day I got there, as soon as we sat down, I said, I want to ask you a question. And he goes, what? I said, have you ever had a gun put to your head? And he said, no. I said, have you ever fucking touched a gun? He said, no. I said, have you ever pointed a gun at somebody? He said, no. I said, you know what? Then I'm fucking wasting my time here. And I left mm -hmm. I'm back again. Now, if the answer to every question he said was, yes, I've been through it, you know, I was gangbanging, then I probably would have stayed and maybe listened to what he had to say. But because yeah. he was trying to, to help me from the textbook, no, this is this is it's a waste of my time. Like, you've never experienced shit. How mm -hmm. are you, you going to help me from, from your yeah. book? No, it doesn't work like that. So I think more more people who's been in a situation need to step up and, and, and help these kids. Right. So you yeah. can feel like, oh, yeah, he's been through it. So I, I can trust him and I can listen to him and I can also change, change my life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think even you probably wouldn't have listened to Lindsay Davenport. No. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt she's been through any of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. um, is there so is there anything um, on a subject of failure or messing up or anything about your historical stuff before I get to the last couple of questions, which are more like present or future based? Oh man. Yes. Yes. I, I, I think this is an important, important thing to talk about because we actually didn't talk about this. Mm -hmm. um, so when I was, because people probably want to know, well, when you were losing, you know, so badly, how'd you turn it around? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I had to change my mindset. I had to change the way I thought. I thought that I was the best. I thought that I could be everyone in the world. And because I thought that I wasn't learning. So the process mm -hmm. of learning stopped for me right there. When, when when you think you're the best at everything, that means there's no room for learning. So yeah. I wasn't learning why I was losing, right? I was just kept losing. And so then mm -hmm. I started to make goals that made sense, goals that I can actually achieve. So the first goal I made was saying, okay, there's four games out of seven. Let me just get five points in one. That's mm -hmm. such a minor goal, right? I mean, five points in one game, that's it. You can't win that way. Right, I can't, I'm not going <laughs> to win, but, but mm -hmm. the most important thing about setting goals that make sense is to celebrate those wins, no matter how small yeah. they are. So winning, getting five points in one game out of four is so tiny, but it's yeah. because that's the goal I made. So I would, mm -hmm. I would say, okay, just get five points. And I would focus on only five points. And when I get it, I would go, yeah, 
and people look at me like I was crazy. They, 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 <laughs> he, lost, he just lost four zero. Yep. He lost four zero. Was he making? He just money? lost by less now. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was a lesser loser. There you go. Yeah. 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 I like but it. Well, I made it, the goal, and, mm-hmm. and that's how I started winning. Was I started saying that? Okay, let's get five points in every game. Okay, let's get one game. What? Let me tell you, the first time I got one game, listen, I lost 4 1. 4 1 is not close. Mm-hmm. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Still a beaten, but I got one game. I jumped up and down, ran around. Ah! People, people are like, this dude is lost. Yeah. That's why every every uh, pro table tennis player in the world knows me. They, they know me because of this. They're like, this dude mm-hmm. lost his mind. But that's how I started getting better because I started to make goals that actually made sense. And every time I, I, I achieved a goal, I would celebrate it. And yeah. it would give me motivation, inspiration to make more goals, to finally win a match. And that's yeah, how I threw it. You've, uh, human beings still really need that ability to see progress. And so if you like, you know, can cross off little things along the way to the bigger goal, I think it's a, lot, a little bit easier. So I think that makes sense. And uh, who cares if you're celebrating because you're losing yeah. uh, less? <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> um, so being a guest on the show, you get a get out of fail free card. I'm going to hand this through the internet to you. Oh, thank Grab you. That. Bloop. Okay. So get out of fail free card. It's kind of like the monopoly card, get out of jail free, but instead you can get out of failure. So is there something that uh, it seems like you do almost anything that you want to do, whether you're good at it or not. But if there's something like whatever, being a, a an actor, anything else where you would take a card and say, okay, well, there's something I think I could be good at this, but I've never really done it. And I kind of avoid it because there's a ton of failure. What would you use that card for? Oh, man, let me see. Oh, it could be anything. It could be working out, could be uh, eating better, meditating. Stand-up comedy. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You can use this card for anything. I think that's it right there. Because you know what's funny? Which one? Stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. I actually love comedy. I I have a friend who's uh, pretty famous. He's a business person. Mm-hmm. You know, he was heavy into crypto. His name is James Altucher. He's he's he's, okay. he's Jewish guy with the glasses and the funny hair. He's you mm-hmm. know, a really famous dude. And I'm very close with him. And um, he started doing comedy years ago. And I remember mm-hmm. going to the first, his first thing. I was like, Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> well, it's tough. Cause but, you got to suck on stage first. It, it was, yeah. <laughs> but I saw his, his transition in like mm-hmm. two years. So now the dude's funny. Yeah. I don't think so. I like comedy, right? I really like yeah. comedy, And I would love to go on a stage and tell jokes but I, I I don't think I I don't think I can do it. I I, I always said that I want to be the host, so that mm, like an MC kind of guy. I can MC. Yeah. I think I I really I, I I would use that card to not have to get up there and suck. The bomb, because yeah. Sucking sucking <laughs> in comedy is very different than sucking in sport. I mean, okay, yeah. people may boo you, but mm-hmm. in sport, but it's booing you from a distance. Yeah, comedy. They're booing you right in front of your face, and you're right there. And if that happens, yeah, yeah I, I don't. I don't think and I, they're I, judging you all the time too. You got to be funny every every joke. single time. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely the comedy for sure. Um, yeah, no, it's not easy. That's probably why I would use it too because I want to just start and just have a Netflix special. I don't want to yes, be exactly. sucking it ass forever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but there's no real way around it, as far as no, I can tell. No. Um, 
And then the last question is before people uh, can hear where to find you and all that stuff and connect with you or see what you're doing. Um, I don't like the fake it till you make it thing. I don't like the disingenuousness of that. So I say fail it till you nail it. And so is there something that you aren't sure what you're doing, but you're going to fail it until you figure out how to how to do it right? But where you're like, oh, this is a goal I have, but I'm not sure how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to fail it till I nail it kind of thing. Man, maybe maybe it's it's writing my book. Oh, yeah, I, because I I really don't like writing. I actually hate writing. You should talk it, talk the book out, and then have AI transcribe it. That's what I'm doing. Oh, is that what you're doing? Yeah, yeah. I'm spewing into a voice recorder and then recorder, yeah. yeah, having it written out because I hate writing as well. Yeah, me too. I I really really don't like it at all. So but would the would it be your story and all the you know kind yeah. of stuff we talked about, or would it be about Something that we haven't heard about. It, it, no, it's it, it's it, it's gonna be my my life story in detail. So nice. and the title of the I already have I have the title because the title's good. Be, title <laughs> it's it's called from the pistol to the paddle. So Ooh, that's, that's, that's good. My book, but um, I I I I think I'm gonna fail a lot in 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 the process of writing this. You, you know, I I've, I've written one thing in my life mm-hmm. and um. I, I just the story I tell you about North the, the North Korea story. Yeah. Um, someone told me, hey, you know, you should write that down. And I was like, I hate writing. He's like, no, no, you gotta write it down. I was like, I really hate writing. And he's mm-hmm. like, just just try. And so I, I I wrote every day in my iPhone notes. Yeah. Like almost six months. And the story mm-hmm. is not that long. It's long, but it's not, it's not six months. One sentence a day or something. Really, it was it was, it was bad. <laughs> And um, I wrote this. I, I wrote this story, and then once I wrote it, I couldn't get it anywhere. So I was kind of like, "What the hell, man?" I just wrote this thing for six months, and mm-hmm. I sent the story out to every newspaper, and no, everyone ignored me. Like no one, because I, I, I like, dude, this is six months of rambling in a fucking note app. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and then finally, a friend of mine's who played paddle tennis, mm-hmm. um. He he was the editor. He used to be the editor of the Daily News, and then he sent the story out, and all of a sudden, people loved it. When I sent it out, no one loved it, and so and and so you know, I was able to get a four page spread in the New York Daily News. Oh, nice! That I wrote right, mm-hmm. but after that, I never wanted to write another thing again. I think this is the way to do it, though. If you do a lot of podcasts, you said you've done yeah. hundred yeah. something. You yeah. you tell your story enough times, you get yeah. better at telling it. See what what resonates and. Then you can push it back into the book. Yeah, a book you know, is, later on. A book is a serious thing. <laughs> I know, yeah, but you can do it in little bits and pieces. You know, you got a chapter there, here and there. That's awesome. I I think from the pistol to the paddle is a great name. I like that. Yeah, thanks. Um, so where can people go to find you? Where can they go to see what you're working on these days, or connect with you, or check out what you're doing? Yeah, I mean, a good place a good place to connect with me would be the Instagram, which is Wall mm-hmm. Green NYC. Yep. A good place to see my crazy videos where I'm very active is on TikTok, which is also Wally Green NYC with an underscore. Yeah, I, very cool. I, I mostly post on TikTok and I use my Instagram for DMs. To see important stuff and mm-hmm. stuff that I'm doing though will be on Instagram. Like I, I post like my TEDx talk, you know, any kind of Yep, I saw that stuff there. Important stuff is gonna be there. But the fun stuff is on TikTok. Cool. Well, I'll make sure to link both of those in the show notes so people can find you. But thanks for being on the show and and, uh, sharing your story with everybody. I appreciate you uh, being vulnerable and sharing 
you know, a bit of the uh, more difficult sides of the stuff you've done. I'm not sure if you usually talk about the failure parts, but I appreciate you uh, jumping on and doing it. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. It was a great time. I had fun. All right. Awesome. Thank you very much. Would you like to be more efficient, productive, and confident in your work at the office? Over 750 million people worldwide use Excel, yet it's still a misunderstood and frequently misused tool. That's why I created Excel Exposure, so you can work smarter and not harder. The Excel Essentials course gives you over 5 hours of in-depth video lessons, plus it comes along with my master workbook which has every function, shortcut, and all the examples to follow along. Investopedia actually included my course in their list of six best online Excel classes of 2021, saying it's best for visual learners. As someone who's an expert in failure, I can certainly teach you and your team how to avoid spreadsheet failures and create bulletproof Excel documents. Use the coupon code FAILURE for 20% off of the lifetime access price. Visit ExcelExposure.com for more information and also my existing award-winning free training. Thanks for joining me on the Failure Guy podcast. If you enjoyed it, feel free to tell somebody. And don't forget, always try to fail it till you nail it. Till next time.